Hop into your Bronco, hold on to your pancakes, and take a drive with us as we return to Haven. This is Troubled, your favorite rewatch podcast dedicated to the sci-fi channel show Haven. Based on the Stephen King novella, The Colorado Kid, I'm your first host in our father-son podcast, Alex French. And I'm Rich French, the patriarch of the French family. <laughs> uh, we're coming at you with episode six, titled Fur of Season One. All right, real quick, as always, we like to summarize kind of the episode uh, for like 10 minutes just to kind of get anyone who isn't watching currently up to speed. So when we're talking, you don't know, like, what the fuck is he talking about? Us, You know, like, oh, what's this wolf? Or, you know. Um, Stop it. Stop yeah. it. So we'll start that here right now. Uh, so the episode kind of starts. Uh, a guy named TR gets attacked in his car, right? He's kind of getting his car in a... Uh, do we know what animal it is? Do we get to see, or is it just like a beast is attacking? Uh, it's kind of looks like a wolf, and yeah. uh, it, it's in the it's in the parking lot at the Haven Hunt Club. And it, yeah, it gets in there. It breaks through the back window and massacres him. Big horror scene. Lots of blood. And then we kind of move into Audrey, right? That's our kind of little hook, our little open. Then we move to Audrey in town, right, buying pastries. Uh, she's parked in a parking spot that you're not supposed to park into, but only people who are from the town would know that. Uh, Eleanor gives her some shit about it. And also gives her shit about her pastry choice, right? Right. Uh, Larissa's is nowhere near as good as Rosemary's. <laughs> um, then uh, she goes to, you know, has an investigation to go do. So she meets up with Nathan to go check out this body for this guy named TR. And they're kind of just treating it like a wild wolf attack. Uh, except, you know, our, our main guys know that something's up. Because how does a wolf break through the back window of a car? This sounds more like a trouble, right? But the chief, Chief Warnos, Nathan's dad isn't having any of it. He's like, you know, they get this solved, blah, 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 blah. And he wants to go on the hunt for the wolf, but they managed to kind of negotiate 24 hours to figure this out, right? Right, exactly. And so who does Audrey go talk to uh, at the country club first? So uh, Audrey, uh, she talks first to some, some, some guy in there who kind of points her towards Landon because Landon was shooting buddies with uh, TR and Brad Donnelly, who uh, all three of them happen to be friends of Chief. Yeah, and uh, so Audrey goes out there, Landon's shooting skeet, and uh, she takes out, takes over the shotgun, challenges him, and then like uh, takes him to school and whoops with, his ass, whoops his ass to the point where Landon even says he is he was schooled, and yeah. he he answers her questions that Brad and Tr uh, almost shot him last week in, in in the woods. Audrey's like, was that for? Uh, you know, was, was Brad trying to shoot TR? And Landon's like, I, I, re- I really don't know. What, you know. I don't know what they were fighting over. <laughs> and that's how they get, you know, how they keep going with the, the investigation. Right. So kind of next, yeah, we have a little a little scene with Vince and Dave. They just talk about that. They should look into Jess Minion or Donnelly's wife. Then we kind of cut to Donnelly in his garage working on some, drinking some beer. He's a big, tough man, hunter guy. Uh, something break, and another animal breaks through the window and fucking massacres him in the garage. So... Audrey and Nathan look into that. They talk to the wife who points them at this woman named Jess Minion, as just like Vince and Dave did, which uh, the, everybody's saying she's a witch in town. <laughs> uh, so they get there and, and kind of an animal rights activist. Yeah, animal rights activist, but uh, small town, a witch. So what do they kind of talk about there? Well, uh, one thing they established why Jess is there because uh, Jess is, uh, was summer there when, when she was a kid because her grandma owned it but then her grandma died and now she's the owner and she's come back and she's concerned about all the hunting going on and uh, hunters are mad at her because she has 90 acres and won't allow them to hunt there 
and their property runs right up to the Hunt Club. She uh, also goes on about you know this hieroglyph that's been appearing uh, you know at, at this at the scenes, mm -hmm. and just says it means uh, forgiveness, and she guesses the animals didn't forgive them. So that was uh, <laughs> so after yeah. that they're kind of like uh, uh, we're kind of back to square one. Yeah. Uh, she also kind of gets gives Nathan a little pep talk that his uh, trouble isn't a curse, but it is a it's a blessing and that he's a special guy. So she's clearly, you know, into some mystical stuff, which right, right. not necessarily, she, yeah. She says it's magic and, you know, right. magic in the soil, in the air, in Haven. And right. That he's right. special for that. Right. So 24 hours is up, though. So the chief is going to go hunt this fucking wolf. He's a big badass. And uh, he's got the hunting party together. When Landon, the guy who got schooled by Audrey at the shotgun contest, his uh, mom comes in and is like, oh, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. And brings his son to kind of like, you know, guilt him. So he decides not to go. Uh, Chief, Audrey, uh, Nathan, and Dave of Vincent Dave, because Dave's a big hunter, they go out to find this wolf when they get attacked by a gigantic moose. Nathan manages to save his dad, who's totally unfucking grateful. As they shoot the moose apart, they find that it's stuffed. Dave also was uh, mi minorly injured you know, and abrasions, right. you know, on, on his head. Yeah. So figuring this must be like some kind of magical thing. They go to talk to Jess again, but uh, Jess is like, I have nothing to do with this. I'm not actually magic. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of into that shit, but I'm not actually magic. They have, a, they find out that uh, they find out that these animals are actually like uh, stuffed. They figure out the wolf. So they find that wolf that stuffed, you know, that uh, attacked TR stuffed of bloody rags. They figure that out. They figure out the same person has taxidermied all these animals. So it must be the same person, right? But meanwhile, they know Dave took out a bear, right? So a bear's coming for Dave. So they try to get to Vince and Dave, but the bear's in mid-attack, right? Right. Uh, Vince and Dave are, are holed up in their basement, <laughs> you know, kind of like those country <laughs> houses where you, you have, like, uh, the, the, the cellar doors and you go down to that basement. They're down there locked in, and the bear's just going apeshit. And yeah. Aud Audrey and Nathan arrive, and they try shooting it with their handguns, but that's not gonna they needed shotguns to take down and a lot of rounds to take down the moose so audrey gets the idea let's burn this bastard and sure enough they they burned the bear and that's when uh they saved dave and vince and then dave recognizes the tag of the taxidermist that's landon's tag so now they're off to see landon they uh go to his laundromat slash taxidermy shop uh, I try to talk to him, but his, you know, he's kind of like, oh, you know, what the fuck's going on, you know? Like, uh, and his mom comes in, freaking out, being like, you know, leave my son alone, you know, get away from him. And she pulls out a box cutter. There's a scuffle, and she accidentally cuts Landon's arm, and what sand and shit starts spilling out of his arm. Sand coming out of his arm. So it looks like he's taxidermied. He freaks out, goes running away. The mom freaks out, or the mom tells him the truth, right? That uh, there was an accident, what a year ago or some shit, and he almost died in a fire. They tell, they tell Landon, Nathan tells Landon, your animals are coming back to life and killing the people who killed them. So Landon feels it's his responsibility to go kill them all. So he freaks out and runs out to, to go yeah. kill them all. Then the three, uh, Audrey, Nathan, and uh, mom. his mom, Piper, they all jump into the, they jump into the Bronco and head, head to the Haven Hunt Club. And during the ride over to Bronco, Piper comes clean. She says, yes, uh, I found uh, uh, Landon, his wife, had died in a fire. She was burnt too far to bring back, but Landon had just asphyxiated, so she brought him back. And yeah. She was, 
she you know, she says she was triggered when he almost got shot last week, and that's when this stuff started. And that's when they get to Haven Hunt Club. So the mom, uh, they managed to kind of pull Landon away from the room because he's going to go try to kill all the animals. But the mom locks herself in and lets the animals massacre her, totally fucking kill her. Uh, we'll find out at the very end that she was also stuffed, right? Like right. that it's been a long lineage of uh, family stuffing. But, you know, Landon's pretty torn up about his mom sacrificing herself. Uh, he's questioning if he's even human. And that's where Nathan kind of talks him down off the ledge and says, you know, hey, you know, this is tough, but it makes you a really strong person. Right. And uh, it's, it's just it's interesting. Do you have to make such a big gash in your hand to prove it? I know. <laughs> so, yeah, Nathan but, takes a box cutter or knife, whatever, to his hand to prove a point that he's also maybe not a real boy. And uh, it's a bit dramatic. <laughs> but Nathan, Nathan does, you know, show, show Landon that he's got an important role as a father and he needs to live mm. for his son. And uh, Landon looks re- relieved and, you know, and I think Nathan yeah. feels better for having done it. But Nathan's not done yet, though, because now Nathan drives back up to, uh, to, to see Jess. Definitely feels the, co- the connection there. He said he wanted to apologize for her, but we know he was just going there to really say, hey, wait, what's up? And uh, he asks her if she wants to get some pancakes, and uh, she definitely would like to have breakfast with him, but she doesn't like pancakes, which we'll talk yeah, about later. Fucking sin. And then to kind of cap off the story, uh, Eleanor comes in, you know, talks about how she was giving Audrey shit at the beginning of the episode, you know, tells her that she's starting to fit in and everything that she promises to help uh, Audrey investigate Lucy, a.k.a. her, a.k.a. Audrey's mother. And that's kind of where we end. Right, because uh, Audrey is no longer uh, no longer summer people. She's there for, for good. Right. So that's kind of it. Uh, what did you uh, – let's talk about it. Let's, look, let's give a little quick rating. Like, out of, you know, what did you think of the episode? Well, it, it's tough because one thing as I go through my, go through my process is that I, uh, you know, I, I watch it the first time just by itself – you know, I don't take no notes or anything, you know, and I probably would have rated it, you know, on a, on the, the, the 10 point scale, I probably would have rated it a seven, but then mm-hmm. after I go back and I watch it and I write detailed notes. And if you ever go on the site and you check them out, you see, I get fucking detailed. I mean, <laughs> really detailed. So I, uh, and I think that makes me notice things that I find inconsistent. So it probably dropped my score down to uh, down, down to a six, and I rate it that way because there's so many important things that come out, things that I think are really important for, for the story yeah. that come out of it. We get flapjacks. So, I mean, I almost gave it an extra point just for having you know, the, the mother flipping flapjacks back. So, and I've been yeah, quite a while. I, I'm since... at a six, but I could probably be six, 6.5. Yeah. It's been quite a while since we had gotten pancakes mentioned. Yeah. So I'd probably give it a seven. I thought the taxidermy animals coming back to life was really fun. Uh, obviously, the uh, CG wasn't too good. How did, did it bother you? Did it kind of take you out of it? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I was not feeling the CG. I mean, I, I thought, and Jim Dunn even said in the commentary, you know, well, these are supposed to be fake animals because they're stuffed animals with rags, oh. you know, and that's a fair point. That's, that's a, a bullshit fair, that's a point. Fair, but, but, <laughs> but, but the bear... The bear looked horrible to me, man. I mean, and it's not that the bear, it's just that you could tell the bear wasn't part of the scene, that it was just pasted there. And it it just looked super fake. And and they were really proud of their digital effects because they were working with a company called Stargate who had done uh, work with Heroes. But 
I, I just thought it looked bad. And then it turns out it was a guy in a bear suit actually clawing at the door. <laughs> and uh, Jim Dunn hopefully said he, you know, he even said he, we hope people don't real, you know, people don't realize that it looks like a different bear. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed. Do you I think noticed. it's the bear suit from the 30 Seconds to Mars music video for The Kill? I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, cause yeah, I, I didn't want to see the bear suit again, especially after uh, what the bear does to himself. So, I mean, well, was, you have that uh, conspiracy that he's, that he's himself in the bear suit, giving himself a blowjob while seeing himself from the doorway. I don't know if yes. it's, I don't know if it's him in the bear suit. I think it might be a different guy in the bear yeah. suit, giving him a blowjob while he's watching it from the door. It's still like uh, pretty insane. It's like inception. It, yeah. there's, there's layers, you know, you're watching yourself blowing yourself. I mean, this is my, next movie, boom. Yeah, is uh, another 30 seconds to Mars video. Yeah, I thought the moose actually looked okay. The wolf, they kind of kept it moving fast enough so you kind of can't really tell. But the bear was pretty bad. I actually didn't mind it hitting the door. It looked kind of funny. But the initial part where it's at the front of the house was fucking pretty terrible looking. But it, it, it was okay. I don't get this excuse that, well, it's supposed to look fake. Well, sure, it's supposed to look kind of fake, but the movement look is what looks – It yeah, it looks like somebody slapped a sticker <laughs> yeah. like, on yeah. the screen. Well, and, and like I said, it, and Jim Dunn even admits, he's like, you know, uh, on the budget we have, there is only so much we, we, can, we can do. And he's like, we can do a lot of small, smaller things, but if, you know, if we want, like, balls out really expensive shit, there's only going to be, like, one or two yeah. things that they're going to be able to do. So, you know, and, and, and that's why my rating goes back up because, you know, even though it shouldn't, I should just – look at artistically but uh you know i, I start taking into account well, yeah. yeah you guys are working on a sci-fi network tv budget sure so. yeah pretty interesting uh looked into the pretty interesting job that he had to have because i looked into the director keith samples of the episode and so i'd guess he has to he's used to dealing with some shitty effects considering his first tv directing gig was on the anthology series freddy's nightmares did you watch so it's the TV show version of a Friday uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which was kind of trying to do the horror anthology. It seemed like everybody wanted to have what Friday the Thirteenth. That that was the one where they're tracking down evil artifacts. Right, but that's not an anthology series. It didn't Brad Pitt or was it Freddy's Nightmares that Brad Pitt had a role on? He had like in one of these like horror anthologies that's kind of shitty. Oh yeah, you're thinking like like Rod Serling's Night Gallery, which was kind of his uh, follow up from Twilight Zone. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tales from the Crypt type stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah. So Brad Pitt was in an episode of Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, it's called Black Tickets in 1989. I, yeah, I, I've seen Freddy's Nightmares, and they were pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, because uh, no, I like I like some of the uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt, Dark There's Side, another, the Dark Side, Tales from the Dark Tales Side, from Dark Side. I, have, they have an episode as this, probably the scariest TV moment I've next to the first time I saw The Exorcist as a little kid in the late 70s. Speaking of Tales from the Dark Side, uh, Joe Hill was supposed to write a movie, or orig- I think it was a movie originally, then it got turned into a TV show adaptation of Tales from the Dark Side, and then it all got scrapped, so he turned it into a comic book, which I have and read. Uh, it was okay. Not my favorite, but I feel like you know it's hard because he's converting it for like the third time into a new medium. But back to Keith Sample, so he direct, So that was his first gig was Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, I'm sure he had to deal with some bullshit effects on screen with that. So he's like, oh, this bears nothing, trust me. Uh, but then funny is he then kind of was directing, just you know, doing the rounds on teeny romance drama shows like Roswell, Everwood, Party of Five, Dawson's Creek, The O.C., etc. And then he did three episodes of Oz. 
<laughs> what a what a turn to be like oh, okay you know if I, keith vanderbeek you know look uh look you know, you're a little sad to then go to oz to like hey you know fucking stab him or rape him or something say something racist yeah. yeah let's have james vanderbeek uh be raped by the biggest you know by the nazis in prison yeah that's uh that is quite a, 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 quite a leap quite a leap a dawson's creek uh oz crossover episode where the characters they you know got to scare them straight you know they take yeah. them to the prison to scare them where does oz take place where's that prison i've never watched it i mean i forgot exactly where I, what, well what it, region it, is it like south or new Midwest? york new york, york? Oh, okay new york yeah it's, where are they yeah, in dawson's I, creek they're, they're probably uh rikers you know probably something like rikers and we get no duke this episode but the chief kind of comes back. He hasn't been around since what episode two, I think, since he kind of promised Audrey to help investigate. We get a lot of people promising mm-hmm. to help Audrey investigate, but we haven't. The fucking only guy that's given her information is the gardener. The gardener with brain damage. Yeah, uh, he's the only one that's given her relevant information. But the chief and Eleanor are like, "Oh, we'll help you." Uh, so we get the I chief back. Flowers. Yeah, we got the chief back. No Duke. Uh, and that was fine. I was good with a break from Duke. I think we got some like Duke heavy episodes the last two. So. It was a nice right. little. And, uh, well, and Chief's role is going to be usually he's not a, a main player, even though yeah. in the in the the Haven universe he, he's a fucking huge player. But you know, for the show, he's not. You know, he's going to be in in and out. I was like, is the Chief a player? Does he get around town like that guy with the mole on his face last episode? Do you think the Chief's hooking yeah, up with no. the tourists? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, uh, was that Joe Campbell? Yeah. Joe Campbell, international playboy in Nova Scotia. Well, we know uh, the chief could probably, uh, I don't know if the bed's shaking in the chief's house is from uh, whatever he's doing with his, uh, with his guests. It might be from something else. It might be from something else that's coming and- up that we haven't got to <laughs> yet. Anyway, so. that's a teaser, folks. Take note, <laughs> Haven writers. Yeah. So, uh, but, but so I'll <laughs> tell you why I think the chief, you know, plays a huge role because, uh-huh. you know, it's at the scene where, uh, with the, the moose attack and he sends Nathan off, you know, to, to go get Dave who got, you know, like I said, grazed. And it was a pretty good graze on his head. Yeah. You know, minor, but still pretty good. And then chief tells Audrey, he's like, uh, he's like, who do you think's been dealing with this all these years? <laughs> and then, then he goes, who do you think's going to have to deal with it when I'm gone? And she, he's like, you're good at this shit, so I want you to help him learn it. So that, yeah. so right there, you get, boom, Chief Chief has been the, kind of the main person trying to solve all this shit over all these years. And then, uh, and then another piece comes in, and it, with, with the Teagues at the side of the bear attack, you know, mm-hmm. and Audrey's like, hey, can you watch how you write this up? And they're like, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> we've been, we always do it. So it We're turns experts. out they've been covering up the results of the troubles. Yeah. I will say the bear is rabid, you know, crooked, that sort of thing. Crooked journalism. So that, but that, that's two big staples right yeah. there is that now we know what the previous mechanism is and it's, you know, it's probably coming time for Nathan to step up into his, his role yeah. and Audrey's there to help him. So that, so that's one of the things I like about that episode is that those were very big, important things. Another important thing I thought was uh, Nathan, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Jess bringing off that side of Nathan. Uh, Jim Dunn even said he kind of wanted to take the gloom off of Nathan and, you know, and, you know, he just afflicted feeling like he was just trouble. But, you know, Jess comes in and helps him learn that he is special. There's, it's magic. And he starts seeing himself in a different, a different way. And at the end, he gets a chance 
to help someone else who feels like he used to. And, you know, it's like a weight's been lifted off his chest. And I thought that was cool. I was wanting Nathan to, you know, kind of get a break, you know, get some pancakes and some ass maybe. But, uh, well, it sounds like from the previous episodes, he's been hooking up. Uh, he hooks up a lot with a lot of the people in the town. That's where I think, I think he gets it from his dad. Uh, yeah, but- <laughs> the Warnos are our players, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're old school term Max. You, you got it, you know. Yeah, if you're right. lonely, there's a Warnos for you. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, I really like this episode with Nathan. I th- I absolutely agree. That's why I was like, I like Duke kind of being gone because we can kind of focus on Nathan. I thought his scenes with Jess were you know, maybe maybe a little cheesy, but I, I really liked it. I really liked someone kind of flattering him. And because uh, Audrey, uh, obviously we love Audrey, but she's a bit... uh cheap up. She's a she bit... Uh, his jobs. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I was like, not quite like acidic or mercurial, but like she's... You know, she's not always like, you know, doling out compliments or like making him feel like empowered, I guess. Uh, she kind of lets things lie. You know, if he's like, oh, yeah, I feel like shit about this. Yeah. She's like, well, OK. <laughs> Whereas Jess is like, yeah, she you know, uh, trying to empower him. Yeah. And Audrey treats him like a cop treats their partner, you know, and yeah. you know, busting, busting his balls, you know, teasing him and, and that. So, <laughs> you know, now you got Jess who's, you know, I mean boy and uh nathan is clearly smitten with her like almost right immediately i guess he likes quebecers yeah so. <laughs> uh, funny thing a f- funny thing about uh, the whole quebec thing is that uh jim dunn said they wanted to cast uh a french actress for this so they they cast it they did, did cast Anne. uh I, I can't pronounce her name Cayon or something like that and she's a fairly famous French actress, and they did that because they wanted to have appeal to the international market, especially in Europe. So I right. thought that was pretty clever. And the way they do it, hey, we bring this French actress over, but we say she's from Quebec. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, because uh, the show's kind of co-produced, funded, whatever, by three uh, companies or groups that kind of are from different countries. So we got an American, Canadian, and uh, European. I don't know if they're French specifically, but European kind of group. Well, we're still on the subject of the Warnos family i thought it was weird how the chief disappears in the second half of this episode he's a big deal he's busting audrey and nathan's ass being like 24 hours i'm gonna hunt this wolf and then after he says that to audrey he literally disappears i know it's you know the rest of it's in a day but he doesn't check in to see how things went he's just kind of like whatever fuck it it. the wolf you got this all right yeah he's at the pastry shop hunting tourists maybe i i you know, this is a stretch. Maybe he notices that uh, the moose is stuffed <laughs> with rags and he's like, oh, fuck, this is a trouble. So I'm going to let Audrey and Nathan figure it out. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, that's just and like I said, that, that, that's doing work on our end as the viewer. <laughs> to sure, get sure. There. And you kind of brought it to my attention that there were inconsistencies through the episode uh, other than just the chief disappearing halfway through like the. uh the sigils, we didn't really talk about it in the summary, but we can talk about it here. Uh, tell us about the sigils and kind of where that kind of, where that doesn't go. Right. Well, exactly. So you have a, hier- a hieroglyph, uh, that's what Jess, uh, Jess Minion uh, calls them, and you have it painted on the Haven Hunt Club sign, and then you have, uh, you have the, the same hieroglyph painted on uh, Brad Donnelly's like, fence or some, some shit, you know, and so basically wherever there's one of these tacks, there's this there's that hieroglyph and just minion says the hieroglyph uh, means uh, forgiveness. And then, and then Brad's wife, uh, she says uh, the hieroglyph marks us to the animals. So, I mean, but then we never hear about the hieroglyphs again. Are we to assume Jess went out there and painted them? 
Yeah, she happened to paint them at the places people were murdered, but wasn't in. But you know, we but wasn't find involved. out. Yeah, factually has actual no involvement. It's just kind of weird, and then it just gets yeah, like you said, it gets dropped, disappears. Well, it's because her her alibi was her car was told in Derry. Yeah, I. <laughs> they should go. <laughs> they should go back to that tattoo shop and be like, "Did you make this one too?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that an ancient design made before my birth? Yeah, I made that one too." Yeah, no, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything that looks old, I probably did that. Yeah. Yeah, and then you, you want to talk about thirty. <laughs> you want to talk about Brad's wife, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, man. Brad's wife is is drop dead gorgeous, smoking. She's a gold digger. And Brad Donnelly's. She, she, did Brad look like he had a lot of gold to dig? That the house yeah, didn't nice. look all that fancy. And then, just because he has a just because he has a fridge full of uh, of uh, Lunenburg uh, India Pale <laughs> Ale, which is uh, funny. I actually looked it up to see if it was a real beer, and it's not. But it's designed after Alexander Keith's uh, IPA, which is out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Oh, it's so, it's and, good and then the other direction. beer, Frascus, is a real beer, but not that that particular one. It's a it's a microbrewery up in uh, Northern California. So maybe want- Ernst and Dunn have you know that's one of their favorites, maybe. Uh, but she was. There's no way she would have been with Brad Donnelly. I'm sorry. And we really didn't get a good enough TR Hope, but he wasn't no stunner either. So I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't buy that. Like uh, 25 years younger and um, smoking hot. And uh, I assumed she was like a, you know, like a gold digger trophy wife, you know, where situation. I thought he was some, you know, maybe his house. We, well, cause we didn't really get outside on the inside, a look on the inside. We only got like really the outside and uh, you know, the, the garage didn't look, it looked like a middle-class garage. You yeah. Know, if he was wealthy, it looked a lot different. But he's part of the Hunt Club. You never know. Well, yeah. How much money is Dave making at, at, at the Herald? Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, chief of police, you know, in a small town. It's not a wealth thing with those folks. It's, uh, it's a good it's old a, boy snapper. Yeah, yeah. And she knew to get up in life and, in Haven, she had to, you know, had to kind of get with the guy. Who, what, what, did it, it didn't say what Brad's job was, did it? Do we know what Brad no, did? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Let's just say he's. No, I, we knew, I knew Landon had a dry cleaning job, but yeah, yeah. Well, shop, not job. If I had to guess, I would say he is the a world premier hunter. Let's just say, let's just take a wild guess. He's a world premier hunter, like the Alan Quartermain of Haven, Maine, basically. <laughs> it could be. It, it, it could be. He has a. He has a particular set of skills. Yeah. Uh, is he an assassin? Is he Liam Neeson? Yeah. Who? Yeah, international assassin. And that's how he got the uh, the, yeah. the model wife. Yeah. That's how he's such a good hunter. You know. But then yeah, she, she's moving back to Tallahassee. So she's from Tallahassee. So she moved to Haven for Brad, and I call bullshit. That's all I'm saying. You know, the, the one that probably bugs me the most is the broken uh, you know, rear windshields in, you know, in the car. Mm-hmm. A stuffed wolf is not going to be able to break through a windshield. That's, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, they, they, they never answer that question, but they just drop <laughs> it too. Because yeah. <laughs> there's no way a stuffed wolf is going through a, a rear, rear windshield. It's just, that's too thick. The, the, the moose, okay, the moose yeah, was yeah. big enough. The but, antlers uh, are strong enough. Maybe the, the moose helped the bear. Dave's the one who shot the bear. Yeah, I guess the, the moose gave him a boost and, you know, maybe the bear came over and smashed it. And another kind of weird thing about this episode is, are we just saying Lucy is definitively 
Eleanor just talks about Lucy definitively being Audrey's mom. Like it's a known fact. Uh, and that yeah, was just super weird. Yeah. Didn't she even say it like in that first scene uh, where she's writing on uh, the yeah. windshield? Yeah. I mean, when did that happen? Cause uh, it's like, it's always been, uh, that could be your mom, you know? Yeah. And, we, uh, we don't know. And now it is. Now it's definitive. And uh, we don't know any, what made it change from maybe to definitive. So um, yeah. kind of didn't like that aspect. And you were saying you thought maybe it was some more episode shuffling, but that doesn't seem to be the case, right? According to the commentary, they did not do any episode shuffling with this one. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a, like I said, it's just another one of those kind of inconsistencies. I mean, uh, but, and I think it's reasonable to make, make, make the leap to say that, you know, Lucy's her mother, but the, the way Eleanor says it, it's, uh, it's she either knows a, something or it's inconsistent writing. Right, exactly. She, it looks like it's inconsistent writing or she knows something. And so I can't rule it out because <laughs> I, I don't remember. It's been 10 years since I yeah. watched it. Do you, what was the name of, so Rosemary's was a good pastry shop. What was the bad one? Uh, Larissa's. Larissa's. How does a town, how does a pastry shop that it seems everybody in town hates, how do they stay, how do you think they stay in operation? I think that was my bit, one of the, que- <laughs> one of the comedic questions I had to myself was, how are they like still in business? Is it just tourists? Is it people like Audrey yeah. that fall for it? The summer people. Yeah. So she probably gets yeah. no business in, in, uh, <laughs> in, you know, outside of summer season. And she probably has to get a real job during the fall and winter. And, uh, but yeah, everyone in town knows their, knows their shit. So it's probably where the guy, I, you said his name earlier, but I already forgot it. The guy with the mole, it's where he was picking up people. Like oh, uh, summer folk, Joe Campbell. Yeah, yeah. Joe Campbell is hanging out at Larissa's, picking up anyone falling for that shitty pastries. Yeah, L- L- Larissa's. Uh, e- even uh, Dave and Vince say it's uh, it's too dry. <laughs> but I, but that, that's one of the key point points was I think that emphasizing that Audrey has to become a local, and these mm-hmm. are things that lo- locals, all locals know. So, and it's kind of at the point at the end she's learned her lesson, and now she, now she's a local. So, but yeah. I thought it was kind of kingish that that something King would do that he would have a, yeah, he he would like have this recurring theme about this, this pastry just because he goes so far into the character development and such. So that's why I actually kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of funny, and because uh, this one we didn't have as many good one-liners in this one as we mm-hmm. had in some of the other ones. Like uh, we had that one where Audrey and Nathan first go into uh, go into the trophy room at the, the hunt club, and uh, Audrey quips, uh, <laughs> "Taste the final frontier," which is pretty yeah. funny because I, I I find stuffed animals. Uh, gross and creepy and uh i I did want the owls to come alive though i was disappointed that we didn't get some crazy stuffed owls flying around like i I would have loved it if you know the sea you know stargates like yeah we can't we can't do that that's gonna look weird so they're like all right just put them on strings and have them fucking knock them around the room i'd have loved that some bird like the birds action or maybe you fucking just release live owls into the room and see what they do yeah are you doing a prince video uh you know uh (laughs) Yeah, I thought uh, a w- one joke that I thought was pretty funny that got me. Uh, this is a dumb one, but I, I liked it. Was the Vince gets all excited, like, "Oh, well, that's interesting," or was he say like, "Oh, that's exciting"? And Dave's like, he says that you know, and the waitress is asking him if he wants pepper on his salad. I thought that was uh, that one got me. Yeah, uh, Dave usually gets the gets the one liners of the two. For yeah, whatever reason. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, just the way they play Vince. Uh, Vince is the more thoughtful one. 
And obviously, since Vince doesn't uh, hunt, he mm-hmm. doesn't kill. Like to, he loves all animals, uh, great, <laughs> great and small, as Dave said. And Dave's a hunter. Would you find that odd? Two brothers, uh, one's a hunter. Usually, that's something that is passed down from you know, you know, through the yeah. family. You would think they both would be hunters, or both neither. Well, they don't have much in common sometimes. This episode, real quick, was dedicated to Steve. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Fleury? I'm not sure how to say it. Um, I looked him up. He was a Canadian scene painter. Uh, it doesn't look like he worked on Haven, but knowing that you know they're in Canada, a lot of the crew are in Canada, they probably were friends with him. I don't know if it was mentioned in the commentary. I wasn't able to watch this week. But I looked him up. Uh, last movie he did was one called Outlander. It was a Jim Caviezel movie where he is like a fucking alien that comes to earth and leads the Vikings with future technology to conquer something or whatever. Uh, it sounds absolutely crazy. I, I absolutely liked it. I liked it a lot. You've yeah. seen Outlander? I have. I what? Have. It stars oh. Caviezel. Oh my goodness. I can't, yeah. I didn't think you'd seen it. Yeah. If it stars Caviezel, you know, I'm all about it. Do we think Jess's grandmother was a real witch? Um, because we know we you know in the intro we have the witches you know or well actually I no we don't I, I think I mistook the Native Americans for witches uh, uh, I guess no. someone would have tried witch doctor back in the day but that's not the same thing do we think there's witchcraft going on in Haven there could be at some point being that it's Maine and you know uh, you know we're not too far you know not too far away from Salem we on where flag was doing some witch trials. And in the Haven Herald, they have from 1770-something, it's in my old notes uh, from you know, the, the, the montage yeah. show. Because uh, you know, montage is important. This pretty much whole – the great bulk of this story was in the montage. So it was uh, – Like the wolf, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they kept having the article, the Haven Herald articles were keep uh, repeating parts of the, the story of the wolf and hunting the wolf. And it even had the names T.R. Dunn, uh, Brad Donnelly. And even Chief approving, uh, Chief Warnell's approving the uh, bounty. Though they really had it, they really wrote that snippet pointing it as werewolf. Really pointing it as werewolf. Because there's a part of it where Brad's wife is like, oh, I hope they, you know, something about, you know, they understand the wolf that they're going to try to kill. Well, in the episode, they kind of are thinking it's a werewolf, or at least they're trying to lead on the audience that's a werewolf for a while because they're like, oh, silver bullets and full moon jokes. And then we realize it's a, what what do we call it? A reanimator or something? Yeah, pride of the reanimator. Yeah, Yeah, some good stuff from the debt back in the day. Yeah, a lot of folks don't remember the old B movies of the 80s and 90s, you know, Tromaville. We're, ex- oh, We're experts. Yeah, I think uh, I think Jess has got to watch out. She might get in a town like this with if she gets on Nathan's bad side. I think he could uh, get her get her burned at the stake for not liking pancakes. So she better well, watch I, out. Yeah, but if you're gonna be a witch, and you know, which she's not. She's not a witch. But if uh, he don't like pancakes, and uh, you know, it's time to get 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 the step in. He can just say she's a witch because her grandmother was, and uh, she better like waffles. Yeah, yeah. Did we did we mention there's was mention of pancakes again? Mother <laughs> trucking flapjacks are back. I know I've mentioned it, but we've missed pancakes for so long. It felt like uh, you know Haven and Nathan were were leaving us hanging. That's what that's what sealed this episode. It was at a four before he said that for me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I think that's pretty much. Uh, did you have any other notes about the episode? 
I, th I think we covered everything good. AP becomes, um, AP, excuse me, that's my writing uh, shorthand for Audrey Parker. So Audrey becomes a local by the end, and Nathan uh, realizes he's not this afflicted monster. He can still be special, maybe even magical. So th that was kind of the really cool things uh, things about it. Cool. And it, it establishes Doc Eleanor's going to, and I keep calling her Doc, but I guess she's an EMT. But uh, so uh, Eleanor is uh, kind of cemented as a mentor to Audrey now. So and teach her about tennis, upper tennis oh game. God, yeah. <laughs> Ray Charles could teach you better tennis, <laughs> and uh, you know he's blind and dead. So you know, rest in peace, Ray. Uh, yeah. All right, cool. So that that sounds like it's it, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's all we, we we need to cover. It, it, it was it was a good episode, like I said. Yeah. The commentary, I liked it at the beginning. I lost it and with my detail, and then uh, commentary helped me tie up some things and be like, maybe I'm being too critical and all of that. Cool. Go with my original. So good episode. Nice. So we're gonna move into another segment. We like to do a little segment. The past couple episodes, we kind of. Might not have had one, but uh, we're kind of bringing it back. We uh, are going to do a fantasy draft of uh, casting the characters of Haven. So I guess of all the pool of all available actors uh, of all time, uh, and that makes it sound even like makes it makes my choices sound even uh, worse if we're if we got if we had all time available. But you know, we were casting somebody. Doesn't really matter what time in their career. It didn't have to be 2010. It could be you know 2020. It could be the 30s. Whatever. Although I didn't pick anyone from the 30s. Uh, oh, Fatty Arbuckle, huh? <laughs> you know, W.C. Fields, uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, yeah. Cha Charlie Chaplin for uh, Duke. Uh, Harold Lloyd has uh, got another one. Yeah, these, uh, and I only know this stuff because my grandpa sometimes made me watch PBS with him. So <laughs> I've had to watch some classic film for. Uh, well, by choice and by for school, but uh, yeah, well, Casablanca. We, yeah, we went and saw the the original yeah. reels. I guess yeah. I guess that's not. I guess it's that's. I guess that's old. I guess I think of like when I think of it's weird. I think of old. I think of like silent films. Uh, but I guess Casablanca is pretty old. Um, but it feels like I don't know. It's it's aged really well. It's aged really gracefully. Some some older films you're like ooh, uh, but I think Casablanca is aged. Uh, very very well in my opinion it's a great story well acted i mean it's fantastic yeah, it's probably one of my favorites one of my favorites as well you know i don't know if i've moved past english patient yet but it's got more humor than english patient which there is very short supply of in english patient we're casting um yeah kind of the main characters i think you got a couple more than i did so i'll try to improvise and try to throw in somebody for the characters because i think you have some characters that haven't shown up yet, but are major characters. And maybe we'll do another one, like, in the last season. We'll do a different fantasy draft now that we're through everything. Uh, but I didn't really want to cast William yet, considering he's not going to show up till was it like, season five or something? Yeah, it's it's a long way. It's a way, but uh, <laughs> I had to get a couple people in that I, I had to have some role for. So Yeah, maybe we'll do, like, a... a a redo like you know in season five and kind of now that we've had our perspective changed maybe we'll be like you know what audrey parker isn't blank audrey parker is such and such so let's uh <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna shred my audrey parker man i'm gonna yeah. shred your i don't know i don't know what you're gonna think of mine okay so and uh if you're listening to this at home you can make one too uh maybe, maybe pause it make your own so we don't influence your decision send it in to us uh we'll have all our contact info at the end we want to hear what you say, and maybe uh, we're a little, we're a couple episodes ahead of the audience. So, but in a couple episodes, maybe we'll read someone's uh, response uh, on our next podcast or something, or in a, in a couple podcasts in the future. If, yeah, uh, so, we're so, stunned. 
send us your send us your ideas. You know, we 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 don't. Uh, you know, we're not going to say we're experts on this. I mean, well, I will. S- some of the shit I'm going to put out there. You know, people are going to be like, "You're insane." You're okay. Uh, okay. So let's start. Do we want to start at Audrey? Or do we want to start at the end? Or do we want to build up to Audrey? Or do we want to start at Audrey? Start start, start with Audrey. Start okay. With Audrey. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? Do you want to say yours? Uh, or do you want me to say mine first? Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, okay. Sarah Silverman. <laughs> you chose Sarah Silverman as Audrey. <laughs> I think that'd be fun, man. Are you casting this as like a comedy now? I'm are you, are you... just. I, I'm not really thinking about the integrity of the show. I'm thinking about people I enjoy, and uh, okay. I, I think she would be really, really fucking funny in that role. Tomas, Sarah Silverman's what? Forty? How old is she now? She's a year older than me. She's forty-nine. Wow, so, I didn't. I didn't realize she was that old. But, you know, 10 years ago, she was 39, and she's always been younger looking than her age. So right. she probably could have pulled off 30 well, we can, know, 10 we years can, ago. We can cast 30-year-old Sarah Silverman. We have the t- the time machine, the casting time machine. The ca- well, I'm going to make a joke that I'm not going to make. Uh, we have the casting <laughs> time machine. Uh, <laughs> so Because we're not doing hot tub, because I'm not jumping in a hot tub with you. That's just too fucking weird. Yeah, no. Okay, uh, my Audrey Parker... I don't know how you're going to feel about it. I chose uh, Emma Roberts. I like Emma Roberts. She's 29 uh, now. I think she's well, got, know. so we can, we'll cast <laughs> future uh, her in one year as a 30 year old. I think she's kind of got, you know, she's got a bit of attitude. She's got a lot of attitude. <laughs> oh yeah. If you're Evan Peters, uh, she's got some attitude. I think Emma's got the attitude for it. Uh, she can be funny, you know, uh, but serious, you know, she can pull off the drama and the comedy. Cause I like Sarah can pull off the Sarah Silverman can pull off the 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 comedy chops of Audrey because she needs to be a bit funny a bit you know a bit of a smart ass but I don't know if Sarah can pull off the the kind of dramatic moments that Audrey needs to have so I went with Emma no I th- I think I think that's a I think that's a fair choice I mean uh, she's a little I don't think she pulls off Sunny all that well but uh, she's and by the way a big fan American Horror Story is one of my you know, there's better seasons than others, but uh, overall, I really liked. The, I liked the you know, Coven was the best. And uh, do you think Coven was the best? I like Coven. Oh, I like Coven. Asylum. 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 Asylum's the good. It's very good. It's you know, <laughs> and you didn't even do Apocalypse, and Apocalypse no. was. Uh, I don't. I don't want to give much away about it. Okay, so let's. I, I'm a fan. Let's. All right. All right. So. So are we gonna tally? Are we gonna say who's got better choices? Let's. Yeah. Uh, let's. Let, let. I think we should. Uh. I think we should have like a point system. So we'll see, you know, who wins a point off of who has a better choice. Okay. Well, like, you know, in certain instances, certain instances, <laughs> it, it, it's not just one person. So like when you're, when you're casting the Teagues, you know. Yeah. The Teagues are two. Well, okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Okay. I, I'll give you the edge on Audrey. Yeah, I think I got uh, the point can, on that one. Hey, I, I, uh, I feel like your Nathan will be better than mine. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> the, uh, the, the listeners, I, you know, the listeners could give us a score. Uh, as yeah, well. yeah, we'll, we'll see who, whose cast tweet, they would like. Tweet at us, you know, with, with your score and all of that. Besides, and your ideas. So, yeah, like, and if right. you if you care enough, Photoshop it together. Photoshop our cast together and see how preposterous it looks. Uh, all right, so who do you, yeah. who do you, who do you got for Nathan, or do you want me to go first since you went first? Uh, uh, you go first this time. Okay, my choice is pretty. I swear this had nothing to do with what we talked about, but I'm glad we did. Is because I was thinking. Jim Caviezel for Nathan. Oh. oh my God! Did you pick him? I got Jim Caviezel for oh, Nathan. Oh man! My God! I kind of had a feeling too when we were talking. Yeah. I was like, man, I feel like he's gonna pick Jim Caviezel. Uh, I didn't originally. I I changed it to him. Who was your original choice? Uh, he's my he's my Duke. 
Oh, okay, well, so, so we'll save him. We'll save him. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Caviezel. And uh, so I guess you, uh, the, <laughs> so we, uh, well, yeah, that's a, that's the a acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Huh? I was like, yeah. he's pretty stoic. You know, he's a little, he's a moody guy. Uh, I think he would be perfect for it, actually. Yeah. With uh, younger, I guess. Well, how old yeah, is he? now. Well, now. Is he like 50? Yeah. Like he's in his 50s? 50s. Yeah. Yeah. So like a 30 year old Jim Caviezel, like a, uh, yeah. maybe a Passion of the Christ. There's a lot of metaphors. Jesus. <laughs> um, okay, so no points awarded either way. So no, that's, a, no. that's a split. But but, but I uh, I applaud you on your choice. <laughs> I was like, is it weird? I was like, is it? Because uh, then I was like imagining Emma Roberts and Jim Caviezel <laughs> in a like love triangle. I was like, I don't know about this. Uh, he's my kind of out of time. He's he's the one that I was like, okay, we need to make him a younger version. But okay, okay. let's let's move on to Duke. Okay, so my former Nathan and my present Duke is Clive Owen. Clive Owen for Duke. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think he can do it. He's, he's he's got the full range. And once again, I'm picking favorites of me. So I'll admit it. It's it's me being me picking favorites. But Clive Owen's great in anything. He can do comedy. He's he's done it when he needs to be. Is he? But is he? Is he like? Uh... A ba- he can be a bad boy. Uh, is he like is he like sexy guy though like i feel like well, he's, he's not as sexy as eric balfour he's, <laughs> he doesn't have he's had cologne campaigns before but he doesn't probably have one right now but he's, got a, his day, he's, he's got a smoldering gla- you know uh gaze not glaze a smoldering gaze was it blue steel or uh, yeah <laughs> but i don't know if he's as uh ruggedly you know as handsome as eric balfour he's not as pretty as eric balfour but Fair come enough. on Fair enough. He, he's handsome and he's worldly, right? He, yeah. You would expect Clive to speak a bunch of languages, right? And, uh, yeah, we got to put him in the time travel. Uh, yeah, we we we'll, gotta, we, we'll call it the time travel uh, boat. We'll just we'll make it the Duke ship. <laughs> the Duke ship. <laughs> the time traveling uh, ship. Uh, we we got to put him in that and get a kind of younger Clive Owen than what he we, looks we like do, today. So um, maybe like Sin City, Clive. Clive Owen's badass there. See, I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't. I don't want him to animate it, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. So. All right. So here's mine. I don't know if you've even heard of this guy, because um, he's on a show that I doubt you've ever watched. Uh, his name is Charles Melton. Um, you might want to look him up. Might want to do a Google search on him. Uh, he plays Reggie in Riverdale. So he's the asshole bully in Riverdale. But he's a very, very good-looking guy, and he can kind of pull off that smart ass smarmy kind of shit talking you uh yeah i see what you're i see what you're saying but you know i'm sorry I, you I, haven't I, seen him act though so yeah I, I haven't seen him act so it's not you know i, I feel I, like i feel like he's duke light i feel like he's uh he's kind of in that vein of characters right that kind of ryan reynolds box of like oh isn't it cool how much of like a fucking smart ass he is yeah i'm a douche yeah uh <laughs> embrace me yeah <laughs> so i i really can't really vote on that i just yeah uh, uh, I haven't seen him act because I don't. I don't watch Riverdale, and I. Uh, I just know Clive Huge Owen's mistake, awesome, dude. and he could pull it. Pull All right, off. I'll give you. I'll give you Clive Owen. I'll give you Clive Owen since you haven't seen Charles Melton. Uh, I'll give you. And Clive Owen's more. Uh, more well rounded. I, I don't know if he's as boyish, but I'll give him to you. Okay, so let's move on to Vince. So we're one one. We're one one. Who do who do you got for Vince and Dave? Okay, because they go hand in hand. So. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> let's start with Vince. Uh, Okay, so you're going to like this. <laughs> Joe Morton is Vince. Joe Morton. Joe, Joe Morton is uh, from Eureka. Is he Henry? Henry from Eureka. Okay. 
is Joe Morton. And he was also, he was also, uh, you know, the, the minister too. And, and Joe Morton. It's the sci-fi network. I love Joe Morton. I think, I think oh. he's great. So I got him <laughs> as Vince, but, but now when I come to Dave and this is where it gets really interesting, Dave Attell. You picked Dave Attell for Dave? And, and they're still <laughs> brothers and they're still brothers. The mystery, which one was adopted, which one you get to the end. Maybe they were both adopted by the Teagues. Yeah. So oh, they're, man. yeah. So you're going for like, you're going for like brothers. twins, right? You're going for Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito level of <laughs> brothers. Well, I was, I was not going for twins. Cause that was one of the most <laughs> horrible things I've ever seen in my life. And, uh, well, I, mean, mine, I, I watch are... people. I watch people walk out of the theater when I went and saw it, you know, and I'm a diehard. I paid the money. I'm sitting through it. And I, you know, I'm just going to power through. I think probably snook a beer in with me, but how funny would all that interaction with them be? And then them always going around telling people they're brothers. And it would, I just think it'd be hilarious. I don't know. I don't think David Tell could pull off the like, I don't think he can. He'd have a problem with the, with the language. I mean, not, not with, you know, the lack of profanity. Well, just him exasperating everything. He's just going to be like, oh, yeah. He's just, you know, like, sounds like he's fucking wasted the whole time. Um, I'm not yeah. going to quote any Dave Attell. Uh, uh, no, no. Anywhere uh, anyone in public can hear. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, um, I think it would be great. And I think he could do it. He's, uh, yeah, I don't think I want him offering anyone a Jolly Rancher. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyway uh, he likes uh, parrots he likes uh, parrots i'll give you uh oh do my vince and dave we'll see who wins i think you'll like my vince and dave uh and I, I think you like these actors a lot um so so <laughs> my cast is so unreasonable there's no way they could get these people i guess we can't get time traveling clive owen either uh well and you, you think uh, dave dave attell anyone he's easily would... acquirable who's hiring dave attell yeah, but I, so would any <laughs> producers allow me oh, to no. cast them no no Okay, so for my events, I chose Michael Shannon. Okay. Uh, his comedic chops, I think, are – I think they could be – oh, did you see Knives Out? I haven't yet. No, He's, my, uh, he's pretty funny in Knives Out, actually. Uh, they kind of play his – how serious he says certain things. Uh, like he has one line where he – somebody tells him to eat shit or something, and he very seriously is like, I will not eat one iota of shit. Like – he takes the statement completely seriously, and it's really funny. Um, and well, then for you, you know, I like Michael Shannon, so yeah. but I want him to be the tall man in a Phantasm reboot, but I also don't want anyone to reboot Phantasm because I want to do it. Uh, but anyway, one of the greatest films of all time. Don't, well, uh, don't, anyone who tells you differently doesn't know shit. Uh, and and <laughs> it's one of the greatest of all time, but it's, but I like it a lot. Um, I'm really scared. J.J. Abrams has his eye, has a has an eye for Phantasm. I don't want him to work on it because I don't think he would do it well. Uh, anyway, for Dave, for Dave, I picked. Uh, let's see if you recognize his name. You'll know the actors. Enrico Colantani. He was uh, Elias in uh, Person of Interest, or as I know him, he's Keith Mars and Veronica Mars. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah! I remember one of the him main now. villains. Yeah, I, I mean, he he's done he's done all, he's he's actually done you know a good amount of comedy. Yeah, yeah, he's so. in uh in Veronica Mars. He does a good job of balancing very serious moments and comedy, and I think he could deliver the dry lines that Dave does. Uh, and I just I just like him because I love uh, I really like well, I really like the first two seasons of Veronica Mars, and the movie's good. Uh, third season's okay. The Hulu show fucking sucked. And then I really like Person of Interest, even though I haven't finished that either. I didn't finish the last season of Person yeah, of he, Interest. Uh, 
he's he's good at, he's good in person person of interest and uh and he does he even st- does some humor in person of interest even though he's a pretty yeah. dark dark character guy, yeah and there and uh so so now things are coming together for uh listeners they're like jim caviezel person of interest <laughs> hey, yeah. when does michael emerson come in i didn't cast him i swear i thought about him i, I did think about him and i was like i can't go for like the grand slam of uh Okay, so so when we come to ranking ranking Teagues here, I, I obviously <laughs> like mine better because I think it would be fucking hilarious. I, because, uh, but I don't think it's even realistically pl- possible. I, I mean, mean, just we, try to watch the scenes in your head of uh, those characters. Like, I don't want to watch David Tell <laughs> in the like dress uh, scene because he. <laughs> Just be... That would be amazing. No. Oh no, my no. god. Yeah. Because I think Michael Shannon and Enrico Colantani are a higher caliber of uh, actors. Uh, of actors, sure. You know, David Tell's not really primarily yeah. known as an actor, but I think he could do it. I do. It's it's just I have to give you the points because it's really it's implausible, but mine. But that's what I want to see. But I would give you the points. I could see Joe Morton working. I can't see David Tell working. So for that, I think I would have to. I can't concede the point. So, well, we agree they got to go hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. So, not it's not two points, just one point. Um, so, I'm up two one on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move on to the chief. I think, or uh, I think the yeah, chief we can would do be. The chief. Yeah, let's we... do the chief. Okay. All right. Uh, right. You went first. So I'll go first with the mm-hmm. chief. I had a tough time with this one to take in a different show we like. I've chose Ian McShane. Oh. Oh. No, once again, it's kind of unfair, listeners. Uh, you know, we are father and son, so we know quite a bit about each other. <laughs> and I am a gigantic Ian McShane fan. I've even watched you love him from his... Death Race, right? Death Race, the Jason Statham movie. That was your favorite. Oh, that's, where, like, that's where you learned to like him, right? <laughs> it, 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 it was a gripping tour de force. I mean, I, I, lo- I left the uh, living room because it went straight to video. I, I left the living room a different band. I, I felt I have. <laughs> Growing. I think Death Race was in theaters, wasn't it? The sequels were uh, direct-to-video. Any- anyway, I, think, anyway. I think it was. I think it was. But, anyway, yeah. we, we love him from Deadwood. Uh, he was also in American Horror Story Asylum. Uh, yeah, like I, American Super Gods. Killer. I haven't American watched American Gods. Gods or read it yet, but it's, on, it's yeah. always been on the radar. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. But I could see it's not for everyone. You know, if right. you don't get into Neil Gaiman, you know, you wouldn't. Right. All right. So who did you choose for the chief? Christopher no- fucking Walken. I, I, thought you were gonna, Walken. I, I thought you were going to pick him for Vince. I was like, I bet any money he's going to, because I thought about walking for Vince and I was like, he's going to pick walking for Vince, no, which would have made walking in a tell just fucking insane. Uh, oh my God. I, I, I would pay just to see those guys have a cup of coffee together for an hour. <laughs> I mean, I would pay to see that, but okay. Christopher walking, he, he's quirky. He could be the chief. And then, uh, then here we go. Musical episode. We all know Christopher Walken loves There's no and musical dance. episode with the chief, is there? No, there's not, but there could be if we had them. <laughs> and I'm telling you, don't downplay the musical. But even Oz has a musical episode where J.K. Simmons, you know, basically yeah, is Oz a is not, a lot more a artsy. Oz is artsy, though. It is, it, it is, but it's got a flat-out musical scene where, like, J.K. Simmons is, like, dancing, and him, and I can never remember the other actor's name, though I, he's awesome, and the guy he torments, <laughs> and uh, the guy Christopher Maloney falls in love with, and mm-hmm. uh, vice versa. Yeah, I just, just yeah, so it's awesome. Oh, I, don't, I don't know about walk, walking as the chief. If you had oh. picked him as Vince, I, might, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know, but as the chief, because he just can't pull off that... 
can you can you can you pull off the grumpy like guy like i don't know i just can't yeah, be oh, like yeah. christopher walker can be grumpy he can do everything he's got a full range he's one of the greatest actors of all time know. he doesn't get enough know. respect no he's great he's great i just don't know about him as the chief that's a, i don't know i think walken can be good for the cast but hey, maybe not the right role he, he he plays he plays uh he plays soldiers and uh you know the deer hunter he's I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's played cops and you know a lot of criminals a lot of criminals but uh i think he could do it and it, it would be entertaining i mean what's the peak of his serious acting dead zone <laughs> Okay, so I don't know. I, I think I win the chief. Come on, come on. You gotta come on. You gotta admit. Imagine it. You gotta admit. Christopher Walken or Ian McShane? Which one do you think you could see the chief as? You know, you, know, you got twenty four hours to get this done. You can you imagine Walken saying that or McShane? I can imagine McShane saying it, but I'd enjoy hearing it more from Walken. <laughs> as a novelty. But watching it, I don't know. Well, and then Chief's not in it that that much. Fair, you know? it's fair. So that's why it would be just fun little bursts of, 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 of Christopher Walken's genius in his dramatic pause. And, All right. Well, and, and, do, and you could do you could do jokes like uh, with like coffee, like uh, hey, forgot your coffee. You're gonna want that coffee. And I don't do a good walk, and I admit that's transforming the show though. <laughs> Yeah, a little sight gag here and there. Could, I could think keep... having a tell with Christopher Walken makes the show like a complete. Now we're talking about adding a musical episode, maybe a stand-up episode. So, so we're moving to a paid a cable variety where, show where we, where we can, you know, do R-rated material. Is but... uh, fuck. What's the dog? What's the puppet dog with the cigar? The oh, like? Triumph! I was like, was well, Triumph gonna be? Is Triumph is Rev played by Triumph in this version of Haven? You're just lucky I forgot about Triumph till just now. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been on my list. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, who do uh, we? I, I'll I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay. My because my next ones I don't think are as strong, and I'm gonna have to wing it on some of the other ones. So let's move on to who do you want to move on to? Eleanor. Sure. Let's do Eleanor. Uh, who do you have for Eleanor? This one was tough. I. I struggled mightily with Eleanor. I, I like mine. I think uh, I think it works. Wanda Sykes. Oh, oh, that's yeah. good. That's she's good. funny. Eleanor, Eleanor's funny. She's got the cool <laughs> voice. Your version of Haven is fucking insane with Sarah <laughs> Silverman, David Tell, Christopher Walken, and Wanda Sykes. Uh, that, that's a small town I could live in. That's a small town I could get behind. No, but I, 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 I like Wanda Sykes actually more than my choice. Uh, my choice was... Uh, her name is Michelle Fairley. She played Catelyn Stark on Game of Thrones, uh, the Stark uh, hmm. Ned's wife. But I, I like Wanda Sykes a lot more. I want to go with Wanda Sykes. <laughs> well, the thing is, with Eleanor's got a, a, a yeah. fun element to her, and I've never seen Caitlyn. Uh, <laughs> not saying <laughs> no. she can. I can't say she she's not funny, but uh, there was nothing funny going on with the Starks on her. <laughs> you didn't find the Red Wedding hilarious? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think there's any further discussion. I think Wanda Sykes is the is the clear winner. Um, we talked a little bit before we started recording uh, about some diversity, and uh, I think that's a that's a that's a good that gets it done. That, uh, yeah, well, that adds I mean, to the diversity of the cast, which I like. Yeah, well, so far in the season, what we've seen two uh, two black Americans. <laughs> One um, of them was compared to LeBron James. <laughs> three. That's three, right? No. Do we have three? Three. There was a there was a deputy at the at the restaurant during consumed, you know. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. But he didn't get a speaking part. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
Okay. I, I, I guess Jeffrey didn't either get a speaking part. <laughs> All right. So Wanda Sykes. Uh, so that we're three two. I'm up three two. But mm-hmm. uh, Wanda Sykes is the clear winner. All right. Who do you want to Who do you want to handle next? Did you You did Rev. I did Rev. Okay. Let's so Rev. I'll. Uh, so let, let's do Rev. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Since you went first, I'll go first in this one. Um, I picked Ben Mendelson. He is. Uh, yeah, he's in The Outsider. He's in Place Beyond the Pines. Uh, he's like in a tiny role in Dark Knight Rises. I loved him in Mississippi Grind. Um, I think he's in the Australian version of Animal Kingdom. Is that what it's called, right? The TNT show? Yeah. Uh, the original is a movie, like Joel Edgerton and him. Uh, he's in that. Uh, he's in just a fuck ton of great things. Uh, usually never is like the main guy, but... Yeah, I, I like him. I like him. I... Uh... You know, my key thing was Rev had to be a, a fucking prick. Right? Yeah, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn can be a prick. Yeah. Can he be a, as much of a prick as Jack Nicholson? Oh, my God. Jack Nicholson as the Rev? I don't know about that. Oh, come on. Jack Nicholson <laughs> could be the Rev. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm telling you, I am building the most exciting haven at, at, ever. This this time now could, could Sci-Fi Network afford uh, Jack Nicholson? No. And <laughs> what but, era of Jack Nicholson are we talking? Like uh, uh, over or, or anger management Jack? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> anger management Jack should not have been made. You know, Sadler should have uh, had his uh, movie making privileges That's removed. That's like the then. equivalent but, of uh, Jack yeah. and Jill era Pacino. Um, <laughs> oh my god yeah wait hey he's into jill pacino's into jill uh yeah. so, how horrible that we've actually that we actually know uh the events <laughs> that of that movie i've seen it yeah i made myself watch it just so i could say it was so bad and how disappointed i am in adam for that okay so so i I, I think I can give you Jack Nicholson as yeah, the rev. I think that, Jack Nicholson could be the rev. It would add so much entertainment to it. We talked about before. Think about, we were... uh, think about uh, uh, as good as it gets, Nicholson or uh, the one with uh, Oh Schmidt. Yeah, it's not his. I don't his think I've seen as good one. as it gets unless I saw it and I don't remember it. It's the one with Helen Hunt. Uh, where Is it where Keanu's like, oh. the doctor? Oh, that might be the one. Okay, so yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, the doctor. Yeah, that's uh, that's almost better than fusion. Uh, yeah, he's a physicist. Yeah, no, no. Uh, okay, uh, he's, so. he's 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 a he's a beautiful man and a wonderful human being, and a a, a favorite of mine as well. So we but, so we talked no. we talked about before we recorded. I was also throughout a thought was uh, Charlton Heston. Oh my God, that would or be Clint amazing. Eastwood. I feel like I cannot get behind Jack Nicholson, but I'd also understand if you, if we kind of could come to a consensus that maybe Heston or uh, Heston would be better than. Well, I'll take, I'll, you know, Charlton Heston could be like, get your dirty, damn troubled hands off yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, so, that would be great. I, I can take Heston, but I, so I, let's, I wasn't. Let's, let's call it a scratch then. Um, okay. Cause I, I don't think I, I don't, I just cannot see Nicholson as the rev, like drunk on the stairs. Being like, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I know. I totally could see it. I don't know. I don't know. Talking I to Sarah it, Silverman and Jim Caviezel. I don't know. <laughs> I think it'd be compelling television. Okay. Did you cast Jess? I did not. I did. Okay. Not. I cast a Jess, but uh, I um, I don't think you would know the actress just because I don't know many French actresses. So I picked her name is I have no idea how to pronounce the last name, but Adele Hainel. She was in a movie called uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire this year. Um, 
I've heard I of that. She, I didn't see it. But. Uh, I thought she like looked the part. She's a good actress. She could do it. Um, but we don't. You don't have uh, one on your side, so we'll just kind of move on. What other ones did you cast? Okay, so I'll just give you who I I, I all well, cast. Give me their uh, name, and then I'll I'll try to if I can just improvise real quick. I'll try to throw okay. a name out. So I, I did Dwight Hendrickson. That's that's Edge, right? That's uh, Adam Copeland, aka okay. Edge. Yeah. And, all right, I got uh, my choice for that one. Who'd you pick? Oh, Okay, so so this one is serious. It's C- Colin Ferguson. What you can't? He's You're gonna cast somebody from the show. You're gonna cast somebody who's. I'm on replacing the- him. Okay, because uh, I pick a uh, Triple H. <laughs> I I like it, but I'm sticking with Co- I, I, Colin Ferguson. He, he because the role he's in, you only get a, a, a limited amount. So why not swap him out and get because you know what, what once Dwight's on scene when he joins he's on till the till yeah. the end. So Actually, I change my mind. I don't want Triple H. I want uh, I go with uh, Hemsworth. What the guy who plays Thor? No, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I'll pick well, that, Chris Hemsworth. The ladies would probably prefer him over a Colin Ferguson, but <laughs> Colin, dude, he just fills out that bo- bulletproof vest so well. You know, you need a big guy. I, I just need more Colin Ferguson, and uh, th- this is one way to get him. So, okay. <laughs> I don't uh, – Okay. So, what? Uh, who, who else do we got? You got William? So, I've got uh, – yeah, I got William. Who was played by Colin Ferguson, everyone. Yeah, he was played by Colin Ferguson, but that's not enough Colin Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, I, I need more Colin Ferguson in my life. Okay. Uh, so acting. Who, who'd, you ca- <laughs> who'd you cast? Uh, <laughs> okay, so I've got for uh, a- Agent Byron Howard. I couldn't decide, so I have two. Samuel L. Jackson or Morgan Freeman? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> if I want to go with the crazy shit, I got Sam. Well, Sam I think L. Jackson. you've pretty clearly gone with the crazy shit. <laughs> and then, but if I want to go with the, the likable, you know, funny, but also mentoring and nurturing Morgan Freeman, and we get to hear that voice, you know, a couple, you know, times a season. Uh, for for Howard, I'll pick uh, Richard Roundtree. Okay, well, you, 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 that's just plain <laughs> dirty because you know Shaft, the original Shaft, is one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, so. uh, older Richard Roundtree, like uh, from Brick or Heroes, you know, kind of mm-hmm. older guy. It could be, like I said, I, I could live, uh, I could live with that. But uh, come on, man, Sam L. Jackson. Well, you're. <laughs> Hey, yeah. I, I I had no limits on this. I, I want to have this is like, like the Mad Magazine version of it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. Uh, okay. Alfred, uh, what's his name? What's the Alfred E. Newman? Yeah, Alfred, Alfred E. Newman, Newman plays uh, yeah. <laughs> fucking Duke or something. Well, shit. Not, but now, now when I tell you who I cast for William, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. all right, who's okay. who's William? Bill Burr. <laughs> you picked Bill Burr for William. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's got the Boston accent this. already. Yeah. Uh, who would I cast as William? Um, you know who I'll cast as as uh, William? I'll cast Ski Ulrich as William. Believe it or not, he was my second choice. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we can. But we can... I, but I figured if we if we got Ski, it would end up being canceled immediately. <laughs> He's been on Riverdale for a while. He's a oh, judge has he dad. Well, the minute I start watching it, it'll get canceled. <laughs> it'll get canceled. I guarantee you. Ski just breaks my heart. Miracles. I, I got more. <laughs> your, your all right, all right, all right, all right. What, do you have another casting? Yeah. So Lorraine, the dispatcher. I, you know, it's only a voice part, but uh-huh. I, ca- I, I had two. I was deciding between T Pain and Stephen Hawking. Wow. Um, I don't know which one. I was gonna say the girl from the Warriors, who's the radio 
Oh, uh, that would post. be good. That that would uh, that would be good. But, <laughs> but I don't know her name. You know, but since it's Canada, why why should like, Canadian? Well, t- no, no. I'll just say we could we could probably change it to Drake. I was like, yeah, we'd have to go with Drake, but then uh, I think Drake. Yeah, you know, Weekend could do some of the, the theme music for us. Uh, you know. So. I take it back for William. I t- sorry, sorry, sorry. To take it back for William, I I take back Skeet Ulrich. He's a he's a whatever. I'm taking back Skeet Ulrich. We don't want to get the show canceled. I pick uh, I'll pick James Vanderbeek, uh, 2020 James Vanderbeek. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Bill Burr. I uh, so I'm taking. <laughs> I, I, I have just turned Haven into an Emmy award you, This is the television. Alfred E. Newman version of fucking <laughs> Haven. Um, uh, I got guest stars, too, who I insist on. Here we go. Okay, yeah. who do you insist? No, no, uh, no. These are, these are bad. These aren't the these Stay are Puff, or, uh, the Michelin Man. No, there, there's, um, there's, there's two serious ones. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, Willem Dafoe. I love Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe love- is the Rev could be great. <laughs> Willem Dafoe probably would be the best Rev. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I love Willem Dafoe. Big fan of his. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, he has to be on there. Yeah, for the dead, and, we uh, got more Deadwood. I was thought about and, and, mining more Deadwood characters. <laughs> okay, so, okay, 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 okay. Apparently, I went too, way too ridiculous <laughs> with my list. Uh, so if we're, if, we're, uh, if we're giving an award out for our cast, I think, uh, do you get the Razzie? For best cast, get the Razzie. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Get the Razzie. Yeah, this is this is gold. You know what I came um, up with. This would yours is like the uh, MTV Teen Choice Award uh, version. Uh. <laughs> it, it'd be it'd be hilarious comedic television. Uh, you know, and, and, and based on but if you were based on uh, if you had to look at my list and your list and see who actually. It would be feasible. Yeah, your list would probably be way, you know, your list probably isn't all that feasible, but it'd be way more feasible than my <laughs> list. So I'll give you, I'll give that to you, but mine's the more dynamic. I mean, so just, so just imagine Sarah Silverman delivering a baby in a lighthouse while Jim Caviezel tries to, you know, walk <laughs> Clive Owen through aging to death. It's really the Sarah Silverman part that's, uh, imagine Sarah Silverman trying on dresses while Dave Attell. And fucking Joe Morton. Are, uh, yes, I want to see that. I don't I know. need that. That's awesome. You know, and then when we get down the line and then we get Billy Burr in there. And, yeah, imagine know, Sarah Silverman Billy Burr's Bill like, Burr. hey, go fuck yourself. You know? Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. Okay, and fucking and, walking as the chief. I, I still like 24 it. hours to find this bear to fucking Sarah Silverman. I just don't know. <laughs> I think you get the Razzie, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, if you, if you ask me honestly, I, I think uh, Emily Rose is perfectly cast. You know, yeah, and, we love the uh, cast, obviously. I mean, Eric Balfour is perfect for Duke, and uh, Lucas Bryant is perfect for for Nathan. Uh, I mean, I actually like the guys. Uh, I forget, oh, I forget their names. I played Dave and, and Vincent. They're yeah. uh, very good. Uh, uh, rest in peace to the actor who played Dave. We'll see what the fan. We'll see what the listeners think. Uh, tell us who. Who gets the, I don't know, what are our two choices? The the Saturn fucking choice award, uh, the Sprint mobile fan favorite, or the golden, who gets the golden Razzie for the, who gets the Razzie for uh, their cast? We'll just say that. I've got some serious actors in there to balance things out. Joe like Moore, Jack Nicholson, Clive Owen, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, <laughs> he can be funny when he, you know, when he needs, Rev's not funny very often, so I, you know. 
if you know if I had no restrictions, I would like to. I'd want to watch this. It would be a different show than the original Haven. You know, I'd probably want to rename it and change the city, but <laughs> it'd be fun. Yeah, this one takes place in like Florida, dude. Um, but okay, I think uh, we sufficiently casted. Um, that's the end of our version one of our fantasy draft. Maybe, like I said, in season five, we'll do a redo and see kind of our perspectives have changed, see what we think. Well, yeah, uh, there'll be some people with stock rising, stock, stock slipping. But that's it for episode six. Um, we'll return to the town beneath the town in one week, one more week. The quickest way to reach us is by email. You can contact, contact us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. Once again, you can find us on a a, uh, a multitude of services where you listen to your podcast, like Apple, Google, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher. We'll also have the podcast up on YouTube if that's all available. That's all that's available to you uh, with uh, no video, unfortunately. We'd certainly appreciate a review or a like uh, and for you to hit the subscribe button because that helps us a lot. If you want the podcast straight from the source, you can visit us at troubledpodcast.com. We'll have all our episodes, news, and the like all in one place for you. And if you want to follow us on Twitter for updates, you can follow us at Havens Troubled. That's a capital H and a capital T uh, for updates via tweets. Uh, Last but not least, if you like what we've been doing so far, we are on Patreon. Just search for trouble to return to haven or look in the show notes we'll have all those kind of links and information for you there we're doing exclusive episodes over there called troubled with extra syrup the first episode we did was coverage on the colorado kid a novella that inspired haven by stephen king we don't know maybe there'll be a shirt maybe uh, a poster with this uh crazy ass cast on it we'll make posters with each version of the crew i don't we'll think we what... legally could afford that but uh, sure uh if you if the patrons are paying five dollars a month i think we can handle the lawsuits um <laughs> whatever and if you guys want to see extra content that you want us to provide uh lay it on us we're always excited for listener feedback uh even if it's just to tell us that uh mm-hmm. we're fucking terrible and should never be in casting <laughs> well i want to thank everyone for uh taking a journey back with us to Haven this week and we really appreciate you listening and uh hope you come back next week as well and please remember never let your troubles get you down <laughs> <laughs>